This is your other brother's podcast. Welcome, friends, to your other brother's podcast, Navigating Faith, Homosexuality, and Masculinity Together. From the Jewel of the Blue Ridge, an autumnal Jewel of the Blue Ridge, my name is Tom, and I'm so glad you're here. And joining me on the other side of the state from the City of Oaks, it's our other brother, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Howdy, everyone. Howdy. And also joining us from the City of Forts, our other brother, Jacob. What's up, Jacob? Hello, hello, my dear friends. Dear friends, ah. Mm. Maybe I'll the start dearest. calling them our dear friends at the start of every oh. episode. Just to make things a little more intimate in here, mm. you know? Because we need to get more intimate always on the Yobcast. Um, I'm so glad you guys are here, both Ryan and Jacob and everyone listening, because I think this is a great episode. I feel like this is what you would call a bread and butter Yobcast mm -hmm. episode. Wouldn't y'all agree? It is a conversation that I have over and over again. And so kind of uh, putting it into podcast form and having this conversation and getting all these thoughts together into one place uh, will be really good. Yeah. From mm -hmm. now on, you can just hand this podcast <laughs> to any and everyone that you need to have this conversation with because you guys, we are talking about coming out. Coming out of the closet, as some people say, as the full term, as the full phrase goes. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> which I wonder who who coined that. We should. We should. I was just. I was just going to ask. Ask that. Why? Jacob, why a closet? <laughs> Jacob, are you in front of a computer right now? Eh, no. <laughs> it's like which one of you can be the intern? Aren't, no, no, aren't all of us in front of a computer? <laughs> I am. I'm I would do it on my computer, but I'm hosting the show, and I also have a delicate operation where I have 17 wires and cords going every direction, and so I feel like it would be more problematic. But um, nonetheless, maybe this is something I should have done in preparation. Where where does coming out of the closet? Who who came up with that? What is, where is that from? Same thing with the birds and the bees. Remember when we talked about the birds and the bees? Mm. Was on that episode, and we were like, "What? Mm -hmm. What is this? Who decided this?" Um, but anyway, nonetheless, we were talking about coming out because. You guys, I don't know if you know this. It's October. There's that chill. There's a distinct chill in the air. And you know what that chill is? <laughs> it's National Coming Out Day. It's, it's the chill of the closet opening and brave mm. souls stepping out <laughs> for the first time. Fresh, crisp air coming in. <laughs> Into their souls. Um, yes, October 11th is recognized as National Coming Out Day. Um, and some people just carry that out the whole month, National Coming Out Month. Um, it's also LGBT History Month as well. And so I figured this would be as good a time as any. If we were going to talk about coming out, we used to, we talked about coming out way back in the day when this for, when this podcast um, first started. And I figured now would be as good a time as any. Otherwise, we're going to have to wait until the next October. And that's a whole year away. Mm. Gosh. Why wait? Why put off to tomorrow? This is all in the spirit of coming out. Let's just let's just open that closet. Let's get out. Let's see what happens. 
for the record, in case it sounds otherwise, <laughs> you do not have to come out uh, only in October. <laughs> you can do it anytime during the year, but this is just when we're going to talk about it on the podcast. Yes, you are free to come out whenever you want. Many people do take this opportunity. I was actually scrolling through my Instagram friends and friends of friends and just kind of, you know, wasting some time the other day. And I saw that someone did come out on National Coming Out Day. And so it's the thing that people do. Sometimes it's like a great thing to put on the calendar and look ahead to and be like, okay, this is going to be my line in the sand. This is going to be the day that I finally step out and share mm-hmm. this part of my life with, with the world or with some select group of people. I saw that Carol Baskins came out as bisexual. Did you see that? Is that real? <laughs> no way. Whoa. Why do we, <laughs> I saw it in a tweet. It might not be real. I don't know. If she, I feel like Carol Baskins bisexual means you're oriented toward men and then also tigers. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know about that. <laughs> That's interesting, huh? We'll let the yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna investigate that after this podcast is done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, coming out. We're gonna be sharing some of our stories in this episode, so y'all want to stay tuned. Or as has been mentioned a few times actually in our last few podcasts, if the intro stuff is just not your jam, then you can just skip ahead and you'll miss all the glory that we're about to talk mm. about. But we will be talking about coming out later. Our comings out to ourselves, to the Lord, to others. Um, And I'm I'm not going to speak for Ryan or Jacob's story, but for me, it's always been this very gradual process. There was never like a single, Mm. well, eventually there was a single day that I did came out. That would be a lie if I said that wasn't the case. But but up until that moment, there was a bunch of stages of family and friends and what have you. So, um, so coming out, it doesn't have to all happen at once. It can, it can definitely be a a gradual process. So we're going to talk about that and figure out whose path is most correct. (laughs) (laughs) Why is it that you always turn this show into some kind of heated debate or a competition at all? We all have to fight one another. And then I get all angsty and uppity and actually try and start fights with other people. And just, Mm. can't we all just things like team Jacob emerge and and stuff. (laughs) That's what happens. You know, I'm not usually competitive, but if we make the contest, who has the fewest regrets? I feel like usually I come out on top. (laughs) (laughs) Least regretful. That's like Ryan's yearbook, yearbook epitaph. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love it. Um, What's new with you guys? Um, I feel like it's been a while since we had you guys on the show. What is new in y'all's world? Anything, anything worth bringing to the people? Have you guys heard of? sciatica (laughs) isn't that that, a disease is that a superhero (laughs) it is a back a lower back condition where Ah. a uh, degenerate disc bulges out and presses on your sciatic nerve and causes radiating pain in the bottom of half of your body uh that's what's new with me (laughs) seem to be i was gonna say you seem to be speaking from firsthand experience not like reading off of an encyclopedia page so the first thing everyone asks, and I can see it sort of tumbling around in Jacob's head, is, do you think it's CrossFit? Mm. Uh, actually, my answer no, to that, I actually did. <laughs> oh. I did not have that thought, but I sure do now. <laughs> it was CrossFit. My answer to that is that I was like out of the gym for like the whole summer because it was closed, and so I did. I think it developed in the absence of CrossFit. Ah, uh, see. Um, it's the lack then of why CrossFit don't I have it since you. my entire life is an absence of CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
you're not 33 yet. Well, that's that just is, wait until your true. brittle bones get there. I'm a young, yeah. I'm a young 20 uh, something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Just hold just on to this years. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry to hear that, Ryan. Man, yeah, you, that you've been horrible. struggling and I, the people know that I've been struggling with my autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. I've been, I feel like I've been mm-hmm. congested for years at this point. Like it's, it's like an allergy that doesn't go away. Like, how do I stop coughing? How do I stop sniffling how do i just stop feeling mm. even my eyes yeah. like i don't know if y'all can tell my eyes are starting to get a little puffy and so i don't know what's going on with my eyes now um it's just been it's been an ordeal but you know what god is good he's on the throne and i am just soldiering on day by day and drinking lots of mm-hmm. water i have never mm-hmm. been more hydrated than now i can say like i feel amazing as far as the hydration i can i don't know if y'all experience this when you drink a lot of water over a long period of time like your whole body just kind of has this sort of like a chill, like a good chill, like a, almost like if we were to take an x-ray of you, you would be like, you would see just blue all, all the way up from top to bottom. And it's, and it's, I feel, I just feel healthy in that regard. I can't say that I've not, ex- I have not experienced this whole, whole body. The hydration chill. chill. Well, you need to of. get, you need to get hydrated. Like, that sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> Is that like ASMR? Is that, uh, is that what's going on there? <laughs> oh, like an ASMR chill. <laughs> yeah. You just, I don't know. Like, I just feel, I don't know. It's hard to describe. I'm sure there are people out there, my fellow hydrated, hydrated ones listening. Um, when you're super hydrated, you just feel like this, uh, it's the opposite of dehydrated. I don't know. Sure. Whatever. So, so Ryan, what does the treatment for uh, sciatica look like? What do you, what, what can be done? Uh, physical therapy and I'm also seeing a chiropractor. Um, so that's all been helpful. If it was more severe then I would probably need surgery on my lower back, mm-hmm. but uh, we're trying to go away without that. And, and it looks like it'll be fine without surgery. I picture the chiropractor looking at you, Ryan, and just like having a notepad as you tell him your ailments or whatever, and then making a lot of hmm sounds. And then by the end of it, he just kind of flips it closed and he's like, you know what you need? You just need more CrossFit. You got to go back to CrossFit. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. The funny thing about chiropractors is like, they'll do, they'll do that. They'll like take all the notes and everything. And then they'll be like, well, uh, your back is like kind of crooked this way. So we're going to like crack it back the other way. And like this leg is longer than that leg. So we're going to pull on the shorter leg. And <laughs> Yeah, I just, I mean, I, uh, no, no shade to any chiropractors listening, but, um, and it, and it has been very helpful. It's just a funny, a funny mm-hmm. uh, philosophy of care. <laughs> I just envision them like hearing all of, all, yeah, all of these things. And then, um, just doing that thing where you like pick up a person and you kind of give them a little shaky shake to like pop everything. <laughs> and then that, <laughs> yeah. that's it. Okay. Have fun. A little Good luck. shaky shake. Yeah. yeah. Love mm. it. Well, enough about me. What else is new? Jacob, you came to visit me. I did. And you always complain that you don't come at the right time of the autumnal season here in the Jewel of the Blue Ridge because it's not quite like it's beautiful. It's always beautiful here. But granted, there are gradients of beautiful. And dare I say, the third to fourth week of October is the most beautiful of beautiful. Yeah. So this is my second time where I, I have attempted to hit peak season. And I even, uh, per your advice, I went on to the Romantic Asheville website, which gives gives you the whole 
breakdown of what days certain areas are going to turn colors and when 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 to come for peak beautiness and um not sponsored by (laughs) no never but it's it's a great resource for all things Asheville hiking dining true etc it is so i had so per their advice i thought that i was hitting it like dead on this is going to be amazing but i get there and everything a lot of stuff is uh, still green. And once again, I leave visiting Tom thinking, what was the point? I don't, <laughs> I don't get why I was here. What a waste. What, what a waste. waste of time. All I saw so, was a bunch of green trees. Yeah. So sadly disappointed, but I've just come, come to, to accept it and I know, embrace it. And um, to use baseball metaphors, maybe the third strike. No, actually scratch this <laughs> metaphor. I don't know. No, I don't know what no. I was saying. Um, I love sports though. I really do. I love the sports the most out of all three of us, I think, but, um, we're going to scratch that metaphor. Um, but Jacob, we still had some fun. We went to an apple orchard and picked some apples. That was really, really Mm. cool. Um, we made some apple-y things at home. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then we just like climbed mountains and looked out over the horizon, over the very green, mostly Mm. green horizon, but still a very beautiful green horizon. Hideous, hideous. Hideously green. Yeah. And this was, this was also a uh, kind of a big deal for you as it was your first time ever going to an apple orchard, which I don't know anyone in their early thirties who has never well, gone orcharding. To clarify, I've been to an apple orchard, but I've never picked my own apples. I was there oh. as a chaperone. I used yes. to work at a boarding school and we took the kids there and it was fun because, well, not, I say fun in, in sarcastic quotes because taking a bunch of 16, 17 year olds to an apple orchard. What do you think they're going to do at the apple orchard? Ryan, one guess. What do you think the kids did at the apple orchard? <laughs> Drugs. Uh, complain. No, they didn't complain. But when, when, when there are so many fallen apples, I felt so bad for all these fallen apples. There are apples everywhere oh, on the ground. They're just throwing yes, the apples yes, at each thank other. Thank you. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I just remember that whole trip because I didn't pick a single apple. I just remember constantly looking at 16 and 17 year boys throwing apples at each other and telling them to please for the love, for the love of God, please stop before you mm-hmm. kill not only one one of yourselves, but like I just picture a little roaming six year old girl frolicking through the apple fields, and then all of a sudden a pink lady apple impales her forehead. That's just mm. that was my worst case scenario. But luckily, I think we got out of that trip alive. Um, but yeah, no, this was my first time picking my own apples. So now I, I have like upwards of twenty apples sitting in my in my kitchen right now, and and, and you know what they say, an apple a day. Um, well, doesn't. <laughs> Doesn't keep my doctors away, but I'm going to try it and see what happens. <laughs> but it was a fun trip, Jacob. Thank yes. you for coming to yes, visit. Yes, it was an excellent, excellent trip. And Ryan, you said you want to come visit soon too. So y'all, we'll just, we'll have more stories to mm-hmm. share if and when Ryan comes mm-hmm. to visit in the near future. And um, and we'll see what happens. I've also gotten a few emails lately from people who are either vacationing through Asheville or passing through Asheville, because this is the time of year to do it. So by all means, if anyone out there listening wants to grab coffee or or like some sort of breakfasty pastry thing that I always enjoy, um, yeah, get in touch. All the contact info is on our website. You can get in touch with me anyhow, anytime you want. Um, but y'all, I am excited to move forward with this podcast because there ain't nothing else to say. We got no voicemails. Nobody left us a voicemail this time. So I'm really sad about that. Y'all be sure to call our Yob line. It makes Tom very happy to hear your voice. 
I need to, it's like, it's like a mother guilting her children into call me sometime. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I just want to hear your voice and know you're okay and that you're doing all right. So, so call Tom at the Yob line at 706-389-8009. It's been really fun to, um, to hear y'all call in, particularly our last episode. Um, I don't know if you, either of you guys listened to the last episode, but we had this guy call in and he was talking about how he, cause the previous episode we had ranted or I had ranted about pumpkin and how pumpkin is the worst and nobody actually likes pumpkin. And so then he called us and gave his very like stern, but kind rebuke that that was mm. false. And, um, and also expressed his love for the horse and his boy, which is one of our book club entries um, because we're starting a yeah, book club and, um, he was talking about how much he loved that book. It was a really great, um, and he also talked about the episode, the previous episode. So, um, people calling in, they're talking about all kinds of things from the intro banter to Yab events, to the episodes themselves, the main topic discussion. So if you just need to get something off your chest, please call and do that. Speaking of wild, wild bonus points. If, uh, when you call us, it's your coming out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. We'll probably send you a t-shirt or something. I don't know. <laughs> yes. They're currently in pre, I keep telling people they're in pre, pre-production, the, the job t-shirts. Like they'll, they'll be, they'll be available Christmas, whether that's Christmas this year or, uh, <laughs> or we'll, we'll see. Future Christmas. <laughs> um, I think, yeah. I think that one of the reasons why we aren't getting more calls is that we currently do not have a, a jingle that goes with our mm. phone number. So, so listeners, I, I know that there are many, many of you who are musically talented and gifted. We would love for you to write and perform a jingle for the phone number when you mm. call in to the Yacht This line. is good. I'm glad you brought up the jingles because when we had Dean on a recent episode and Dean is great with musical things and making jingles on the fly. And so he does kind of spontaneous jingles for the show, which are great. But it would be great to have something like recorded, mastered, produced um, and there's plenty of talented people listening, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, so if someone wants to take it upon themselves to give us jingles, not only for, let's see, we have, how many segments do we have? We have the sponsor, we have voicemails, we have, um, the main topic, of course. So, I mean, there are plenty of opportunities for jingles that if they're like, well done, I am not opposed to outsourcing this thing. And if someone wants to take it upon themselves to record us a sweet little jingle, um, that would be amazing. That would be so fun. That'd be so cool. And, and like Ryan said, if you want to come out to us on the Yob line, that would be super exciting. So please, or at the end of this episode, if you want to go to our podcast episode page and type something up, if that's a little safer to you, that's fine too. You can also do that. But y'all, I just quick announcements. We're still trying to get to 200 patrons and we're creeping there. We're still in the high one eighties. So if you want to support what we're doing here at your other brothers, um, now has never truly been a better time because we've just started a book club. If that appeals to you, um, please sign up. We're actually recording this episode prior to our first um, book club gathering. And so by the time this comes out, it will have already happened. And so I'm hoping that it will have been a positive experience because I don't know, it's still yet to be determined if this is going to be a positive experience. But um, but I just finished reading The Velvet Rage, our first entry. I just finished that yesterday. And mm-hmm. I have so many thoughts. Ryan, do you have thoughts? Yeah, I finished it a few days ago. Nice. And I, if I start talking about it, I'm going to keep talking <laughs> right. until the book club. Right. Uh, We're not going to talk about it right now, but but I'll be there. Ryan's going to be there. So um, 
or we were there. I, I, it's really trippy right now, mm. the time loops that we're going through. <laughs> we were there and it was, again, it was either amazing or it was off the rails, not successful whatsoever. But those we're going to do it. Are the only two options. But we're going to do it two more times anyway, just in case. Um, so stay tuned for November. We're reading Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nowen. And then in December, a holiday treat, we're going to be reading The Horse and His Boy by C.S. Lewis. Um, which Dean gave me so much grief in the last episode because I ranked it last in my Narnia rankings, but that's because I've only read it each of the books once and it was 15 years ago. And I just remember it being the weirdest one because it's like the only one self-contained in Narnia, but we're not going to go on this rant again because Dean demolished me last episode. If y'all want to listen to that, you can go back and listen to that. Um, I'm open to this book becoming my new favorite because it is a lot of people's. It's Dean's favorite and it might be, who knows, maybe it'll become my new favorite too. So um, go to patreon.com slash your other bros if you want to get in on the action and we will bring back the convo cast soon, I hope. Um, and no, no new Apple Podcast reviews, but if you want to leave us an Apple Podcast review, you can also do that. That also really does help us get the word out about our little show. And you guys, as always, we can't do this show without our sponsors. And today's sponsor is Signs, and in particular, Way Out Signs. Have you guys ever been to Europe or... I think it's Wait, in Europe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so Way Out Signs, I went to Europe in 2008 for the first time. And it was so jarring because, you know, there's all these, it's so similar. Like everyone speaks English, but obviously there's accents. So it's this weird, like parallel universe where things are mostly the same, but there's all these little tweaks and all these little things that are different. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that stood out to me was that instead of exit signs, like those little glowing signs that are building codes, like you have to have them in every public building instead of saying exit they say way out and i was like way out. why like i understand i'm com i completely understand to our international listeners i completely understand the metric system and why it's so much better like i get that i i hate that america has to be difficult and make all these new measurements and calculations and everything so so i completely i'm on, on board for the metric system but but in, in this instance it's like why would you trade out the word exit one simple word for two words way out and it just seems more clunkier to me i don't know i, I just don't get it but um but nonetheless way out signs are sponsoring this episode whoever manufactures those the british government i don't know this episode could be <laughs> sponsored by the british government by the queen of england um but I think it would be funny to go back to England now. And now that I'm out with my story to <clears throat> stand in front of a way out sign um, with the arrow pointing to yours truly. I am. I am the way out. Follow the my out. lead <laughs> and I'll take you out. You are way out, Tom. <laughs> way out. That's, that's, that's what I'm hoping for someday. That's my only goal to go back to Europe is to get a picture with a way out sign. Only goal, huh? Okay. That's it. No. I don't need to see the Eiffel Tower or no. You just want the way whatever outside. else is out there. I just want the way out. You think that the the way out has this more intimate, personal feel to it? Like it feels more out. like this is the way out. Yeah. Like if if you, if you were lost and stuck in a cave and uh, someone came in to save you and they pulled your uh, dirty, bloody hand off of the ground and said, "Come, I shall show you the exit." Oh, <laughs> gross. But if they it say, more come, poetic, yeah. I shall show you the way out. Like that just feels like something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm going to argue that uh, it is better. The end. Okay. My, my theory is that um, 
that the word exit did not exist in Europe mm, before maybe. the uh, discovery of the new world, quote unquote, kind of like uh, turkeys and raccoons. <laughs> Same. Like the, the word exit is one of those things that they just discovered uh, that Europeans discovered when they came to America, um, the word exit and then things like turkeys and other. See, other again, very this is things. where we need a Yobcast intern on the side and I can be like, Hey, George, can you Google the origin of the word exit and tell us about that and get back to us in 45 seconds? That would be so great. I should put it at an application on the Yob website if someone wants to, to get that role. I can tell you the origin of the word right now. E-X-X, it's uh, Latin for out of, and mm -hmm. it means it. So the way out of out it. Out of it. Boom. Way Boom. out. Done. There you go. So why is it, though, that when, when Britain left the EU, they called it Brexit and not the Bray out. <laughs> Bray way out. Bray yeah. way out. <laughs> That's a great question. So smart, Jacob. You are such Thank a you. smart boy. Oh. Um, yeah, and if anyone wants to send, this is another shameless plug, if anyone wants to send me a way out sign, I would love that for my apartment because I love hanging up signage. I have signage all over my apartment. License plates and Blue Ridge Parkway signs. Um, other maps and stuff. Like I love that kind of decor. So send me a way out sign. Tom has like 800 exit signs. So please, for the love of God, send him a way out. Sign. I need a way out. That would be so fun. I would put, I would totally put that over my, over my exit, over my way out. That'd be so great. Um, okay. Well, we've talked way too long about this. I wasn't expecting us to go on a five minute soliloquy about <laughs> the way out sign, but thank you way out signs for sponsoring this episode. Um, you guys, we are talking about coming out. And it's one of those things that we've talked about to death. I mean, I feel like on our site, we're talking about faith, homosexuality. Those are like hand in hand, those topics come up. We have so many blog posts. If you guys want to check out, um, if you just want to read more about coming out stories on our page, you can go to yourotherbrothers.com, scroll all the way to the bottom. We have a, a tag cloud. You can click on the coming out tag cloud and then just read all the stories we have on our site. I mean, I, do, I haven't checked it lately, but I imagine it would be dozens at this point of, um, of blog posts talking about coming out. And, um, and like I said, we did a podcast back in the day that we are now bringing back to life in a brand new way with Ryan and Jacob and myself. So, so we're going to share some of our coming out stories. Um, and the first thing that comes to mind when I, well, the first thing I want to ask you guys and pose um, is what are you, what are you y'all's first inclinations, first remembrances of that phrase coming out? Does, does that, do you guys remember any kind of connotation with it or any kind of memory attached to it? Cause speaking for myself, um, I had such a disassociative, um, relationship with myself and gay people. Like I would see gay people on TV, um, or marching in parades or gay characters on TV. And I did not see myself in any of them. And so when I saw the phrase coming out, um, it felt exclusively connected to those people and not to me as a Christian, as someone mm -hmm. who I knew I was attracted to men. It was, it was just like, I didn't have the vocabulary and didn't have the experiences to kind of start piecing together. What is, what is my way out? What is, what is my way forward? Um, and so I, I had a very negative, like, uh, I guess, relationship with this phrase throughout my adolescence, because it just felt like it wasn't, that wasn't for me. Like I was very content. Maybe I use the word content with air quotes, but I was very content to go to the grave, not telling anybody about my sexuality because that was such a secretive, shameful thing. And, and I definitely experienced, definitely experienced that internalized homophobia that a lot of us go through. Um, 
in particular in relation with, yeah, with this phrase, which is a lot of people's, this is like a huge first step into, um, into acceptance and not, not necessarily accepting your sexuality and, and, and like pursuing an affirming theology per se, but, um, but it's a huge part of your identity, your sexuality. So, um, so that's my kind of original relationship with the phrase, which obviously since then I have, um, come around to, I coming out stories on our blog are some of my favorites. Cause they're so simple. It's just like, I used to be alone. I used to keep this a secret. And, and then I told somebody mm-hmm. and I told, and sometimes mm-hmm. I told one person and sometimes I told hundreds <laughs> or thousands. Like we have people who have been done church testimony videos or, or like I wrote a book. Um, other people come out in more dramatic ways, sometimes with a tweet or an Instagram post or a Facebook post I've had many friends come out on Facebook. So, um, so now it's like, uh, it's just such a, an empowering thing that when people finally kind of reach that point to, to reveal this huge part of themselves, which uh, can be such a weight for for years and years and years. So, so what are y'all's original experiences with with coming out the phrase? Yeah, I would say that mine are probably pretty similar to yours, Tom. In that the phrase "coming out" did never have it never had a positive connotation. Um, it wouldn't have been something that I would have ever thought that like Christians should do or do do. Um, I think that in my mind the idea of coming out always meant that um, I'm not only like telling people about my sexual preferences, but I'm now going to begin having sex with um, the gender that I desire. And so um, if you, you would have asked me growing up, like if I would ever uh, quote unquote come out, I would say like, no, that's not like, that's not what Christians do. So there was for a while, there was a difference between like, um, uh, sharing about this uh, sh- uh, struggle or this experience, which was which was a very different thing in my head than what coming out meant. And I've since, as as you said, I have I have since um, uh, widely broadened my definition of what that phrase can uh, can mean. Um, but I would say that overall, I do I do um, see it as a uh, positive and healthy thing for, for uh, humans to do. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about this reminds me um, that at the first high school I went to uh, in ninth grade, there was a 10th grade guy who was uh, like openly, he was out gay. um, And, and looking back, I'm thinking about like how brave, how brave that was in the early 2000s to be out as a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm not sure if it was his choice or not, but uh, but he he continued to live out, and he was the president of the of a club called the GSA, the Gay Straight Alliance. And I remember that. Um, I I just remember seeing him be the target of a lot of negative attention, a lot of. Uh, probably bullying a lot of just kind of like talking behind his back. Um, And so I think that's probably the first time I encountered that phrase uh, coming out and that idea of being out. And that was long before I started to think that maybe I was gay also. Mm -hmm. Um, I just saw him and knew like, I'm absolutely not going to participate in the bullying or the negative response to that, but also like, I, gosh, I hope that's never me. Yeah. And I think looking back for me again, back on whenever I would 
come across, I mean, the internet, social media was not a thing growing up. So, so I'm trying to like put myself back into those, those ancient days before Facebook and Instagram and, and mm. YouTube, even like people coming out on YouTube, like, um, whenever, yeah, whenever I first started coming across coming out stories, whenever that was, this would have had to have been late teenage years. Cause I, I'll get to my coming out story, which started at 19 for me. So it must've been when I was maybe 17, 18, when I started discovering coming out stories, I think, um, you know, the negative reaction I had, as I described earlier of, of feeling like, um, feeling this an antagonistic feeling with that phrase. I think a lot of it honestly was just rooted in jealousy. Like, man, I'm so jealous of them that they get to release this part of themselves that they've been holding back for so long. And meanwhile, I've got to keep, you know, carrying my cross and holding this weight and it's getting heavier and heavier year by year. And, um, and so I think I, I can, def I can definitely see so much in my angst is, is the jealousy of it, of just like, Oh, like, I wish I could do that. I wish I could just tell people. And I truly thought I was truly in a wind tunnel and I truly thought I couldn't. I, I was just like, there's no way, there's literally no way that I can ever tell a single soul about this. And so mm. I am so thankful for the internet in that regard, because the internet has totally leveled the playing field and given people, given kids, teenagers, um, a chance to, to see like, oh, there is, there is a way. And maybe that doesn't mean any kid listening or any teenager listening can come out right now. Like, I think it's a very delicate process and you got to figure out who, who safe people are and, and when the right timing is. And again, to what degree, to what extent, mm -hmm. but, um, but it's so encouraging now. I mean, there's so many people on YouTube and Instagram, Facebook, and, and now TikTok, which is the, where all the kids, the cool kids are hanging out. Like, um, I can only imagine all the stuff happening over there as far as coming out and LGBT, um, inclusion and feeling community over, 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 over in that world. So, um, so it's, it's a better time to, uh, to grow up <laughs> with, with, uh, same sex attraction to have, uh, to have, to be LGBT in, in today's day and age, thanks to technology and the ability to share stories way more easily and readily than, than in our generation, me, Ryan and Jacobs. Mm-hmm. And I guess when I kind of, the way I see this, this episode going, our, our discussion here today, um, I think when most people think of coming out, they think about, yeah, some sort of big display, some sort of post or, or gathering, or I don't know, some sort of organized way to share about your sexuality with, with a whole host of people. Um, but for me, when I think about coming out, um, I see it as something, especially as some, as a person of faith, I kind of see it in three phases. Um, because this has definitely been true of my life and, and I'm sure lots of people listening can resonate is that coming out was not just like, Oh, I decided one day to write a book and then told the world about my sexuality. Like, no, that was a six year journey for me. Um, well, I mean, it was a 25 year journey ultimately, but six years from when I told my first people, which were my parents um, to eventually telling the world by writing, by writing a book. But in those six years, there was all these other mini conversations. And to start with, I had to come out to myself. And that's kind of where I wanted to start the conversation is that for 19 years, this was something I really didn't want to look in the mirror at. Like I knew it was always there. It was a shadow in the corner. There's some sort of, yeah, dark metaphor there, some, some, some poetic imagery that you could substitute, but it's like this thing that I always knew was there, but I never wanted to look at it directly or, or certainly to say the words. Um, out loud or even written down um, that I was gay or that I was attracted to other boys. Like I just did not, did not want to get there. So it took 19 years for me to even just reach that point where I finally told myself that what was Ryan and Jacob, what was y'all's like first, can y'all remember like the first time you maybe reckoned with that? Any, any uh, moments in particular come to mind? 
Yes. I remember it was my freshman year of college. I was uh, 17 at the time and um, I was at a winter, a winter conference for the college ministry I was a part of. And one of the speakers at this conference uh, sort of offhandedly um, kind of tossed out the idea that maybe some people in the audience were experiencing or struggling with same-sex attraction and, um, and that that was something that uh, some people dealt with and that, uh, that they could still follow Jesus uh, in the midst of that. And that sort of like shattered my world because previous to that, like I didn't have any sort of conception of uh, you can, I could be, I could admit that I'm attracted to men and still follow Jesus. I thought being gay was something that happened to uh, non-Christians. Um, and so I remember uh, I went back to my hotel room and it was empty and, um, and I laid uh, face down on the floor and prayed uh, and also journaled. Um, and I was, as I was journaling, I wrote down um, like some things I wanted to pray about. And one of the items on the bullet, uh, a bullet point on this list was uh, just the letters P-O-H because I couldn't bear to write out the words possibility of homosexuality. And so that's kind of what I, mm -hmm. what I wanted to pray over was just kind of like pray and say, God, I think, I think this is me. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what to do about it. You know, it's like such a big thing to, uh, to come to terms with, to come to grips with, to admit about myself. Um, and so I was, yeah, just praying um, in a very heartfelt way that like, God, if this is true about myself, if, if this is true about me, then um, I want to still follow you. Like, I don't know, I don't know what life is going to look like. Um, but I believe that you still want me and, um, and I just, uh, pray that you would still be, you know, still be my God. And, um, and so to answer your question, Tom, I think like that was, that was kind of the moment of coming out to myself. Um, but it was also kind of tied up in that, the moment of coming out to God as well. Um, like those things happened very close to each other for me. Yeah. Coming out to God coming out to self and in a journal entry, it's like exactly how my story went mm -hmm. as well. I, I, I resonate with your POH because I would always reference my homosexuality growing up as just it, the, the word it. I just would always reference there's this it in my life and really struggling with it lately. And, and sometimes the it was just lustful glances in the locker room or, mm -hmm. um, or then later into my teenage years, like 19 years old, it was, it was pornography, gay pornography. And so, um, that it's, yeah, that was this thing that I finally reckoned with and finally spelled out, um, one night on, on my bedroom floor, I believe. And, uh, and just kind of spilled it all out after 19 years. And, um, and then in the, yeah, in, in addition to coming out to myself, like basically looking upward and in a metaphorical sense, like saying this to God as well. And, um, and telling him too. And, and I actually did a YouTube video lately. I felt really inspired this month. In addition to the podcast we're doing, I felt really inspired to kind of share this part of my story in, in a YouTube video format. So I'll link that video if anyone's interested in checking it out. But um, I recently recounted that that night 14 years ago and, and just how pivotal it was to finally come to that realization that, okay, this is not a phase. This is not going away. This is not something I'm growing out of. Because mm -hmm. um, I think that was maybe always in the back of my mind too, that this was just a shadow that would eventually go away. You know, I 
go through puberty. We all, you know, have our growing pains and changing bodies and whatsoever. And um, eventually this will just, you know, fade away, but it never did. And, and 19 years old and for you, 17 years old. Um, yeah. Being, being alone with a journal and the Lord, like that's a, such a sacred moment. So thanks for sharing that, Ryan. Mm-hmm. What about, yeah. what about you, Jacob? Yeah. So as I've uh, uh, talked about in, um, in the, episode that we did with my uh, brother, Nate, um, he was the one to first um, find out when I was 16 um, because of seeing uh, porn that I had, that I had watched on the family computer. And up until the point um, there was for sure this incredible uh, 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 duality in my life to where there was this, other person who I, who I knew was attracted to men, who was watching porn, who, who had all of these feelings, but it would, there was such a disconnect between those feelings and who I thought was actually me that I didn't um, recognize that that was actually me doing and feeling all of those things. So it wasn't until Nate confronted me that those kind of two halves of myself were forced to actually look at one another. And I had to see like, oh, that's actually, that is actually still a part of me, um, even though I don't want it to be. So that was um, that kind of uh, coming out, which I don't recommend to, to, to anyone, but looking back on, I'm also really thankful for, because um, that uh, for sure began the process of me being forced to have to reconcile these different parts of me that up and up until then I refused to acknowledge that they were even the same person. Um, so that's what, uh, started it. But then also I'm, I think it wasn't, um, wasn't until college when I, um, found books like Wash and Waiting and found a couple, uh, blogs of Christians who also experienced same-sex attraction. That's when, um, I would say that I, came out more to myself because I began to see the, the possibility of, so you, you can live as a faithful follower of Jesus and still feel these things and like uh, still have this be a, a part of your life. And it is, it's possible that it, that it won't change and that this could, could be the, um, the long-term re reality. And so I would say that's, that's when it's that that uh, uh, process of integration, um, which I think feels like kind of a more authentic coming out to myself. I think that was that was when that really began to to take shape. Yeah, I love um, you referencing the episode with Nate, and we'll we'll definitely post the link to that because that's a great. That's honestly one of my favorite episodes, and it's probably biased because y'all are some of my greatest friends, and I appreciated just the four of us getting to hang out together. But, um, but I've always been jealous, kind of, and and maybe maybe you have a different perspective from being the one there. But I've always been kind of jealous of being found out because I always kind of wanted someone. I kind of secretly wanted somebody to find my journal or find my like to find my journal and be like, Tom, what is what is it? It's like, what is this thing you keep talking about? Or, or if there was a search on the computer, the family computer that I wasn't careful to hide or whatever, that, that my older brother, if I had one or, or somebody would have found it and been like, you know, some kind of shortcut to like 
why did I have to go all these years of loneliness and, and isolation, you know, without someone finding me out? Like part of me is kind of, kind of jealous. Cause I know that's a fairly common story, Jacob, that a lot of sure. people were found out by, um, by somebody that's kind of the other, other aspect of coming out is sometimes, sometimes you don't want to, sometimes someone yeah. forces you yeah. to, <laughs> to, to go out, which is unfortunate, but hopefully it can lead to, to better, better days and freedom and, and sure. such. Down the and road. I also realized that I, um, forgot to, to mention too, that at age 18, that was when my parents, um, uh, found out in a very similar way. And so there's, there've been two big, um, two very important moments where I was, I was found out instead of coming out. And yeah, I think I would, I would have much rather that had not been the case because those are both like, those are both horrible, horrible evenings that are, that are burned into my brain. But as I said, looking back, I've, there's been enough time that has passed that, that, that I am thankful for that because, um, I don't know like where I would be today if that hadn't happened. I was, I guess, sort of found out where, um, my parents found some, uh, web history and confronted me about it. But, um, but I maintained that I uh, was not in fact, uh, gay. <laughs> so let it state the record. <laughs> that father. Was, that was fun and cool. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> well, the records, if the record states it, then that, so it is. Yeah. So it shall be. Um, yeah. I was just, as I was referencing like YouTube videos, like YouTube is a treasure trove now of coming out. Like if, if you ever just like want to feel like you're not alone, just type coming out on YouTube and you'll find, you know, story after story, after story, after story, which I've watched a good number of them. Um, I just remember one, like it's kind of similar to Jacob and Nate's story because it was this YouTuber who I was following at the time, I don't think he posts anymore from what I can recall, but he was like covertly filming a conversation with his older brother. Like the camera was, you know, in the corner because he, he knew that a, some sort of pivotal conversation was coming, I guess. I don't know the background of it, but, but eventually it's like the older brother basically just looked at the younger brother and asked him just straight up, are you gay? I just need to know. And I want to be there for you. And it was very supportive. It, was, it sounded accusatory at first, but it was very, it came from a place of just like, I just want to be there for you. It doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. I want to be there for you. I remember rewatching that like so many times. I, I don't know when this was like early 2010s maybe or something, but, um, but I was like, man, like that is, that's what I want. Like I want someone to find me out, but like in a loving way, you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to have to do the work of saying it for myself. Cause it just takes so much effort and energy. But if someone asks me, you know, and that's kind of how I operate today, like I'm generally an open book, but it kind of takes someone to, to like pry a little bit and ask me questions. And that's where a good counselor comes in handy. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what my heart craved mm-hmm. back in those days. Tom, never have you said something more alien and foreign to me than wishing someone would discover your journal and read it. Well, I don't wish that anymore. I would literally die. (laughs) (laughs) No. Take the journal and my soul with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, yeah, I don't like, I didn't like wish it, wish it, but it was in the back of my mind. It would be like, man, this would be so much easier if someone just, someone could just know without me having to say the words and, and eventually I did say the words, but, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a journey getting there. So let's, I guess, fast forward a little bit, because again, coming out to self, coming out to God, that's a very delicate process. And, um, and then after that, it's, it's coming out to others. So for me, it started with my parents and, and then trusted friends along the way. And so I kind of just wanted to go around the room 
real quick, I wanted to know if you guys had any particularly meaningful coming out stories, like either on an individual basis or, or on a large scale basis. Like I've already mentioned that um, when I wrote my first book in 2013, um, that was my official coming out to the world. Cause up until that point, I'd told maybe a couple dozen people, friends and family um, had never blogged about it. Um, at least publicly, I had this anonymous blog, but, um, but this was always one part of my story that I held back until 2013. And that's kind of when the floodgates opened and, and then Yab was founded in 2015 to kind of give everyone a timeline out there. Um, and so that's kind of where my story went, but, um, I'm curious, Ryan and Jacob, like if you have any, A, any individual stories you'd like to share, and then B, was there some sort of definitive wide scale coming out? Or is it kind of just like, it is, it is what it is now. People could Google your name and maybe there wasn't some sort of big hosting or some sort of big conversation with the masses, but, but it kind of just is what it is now. Yeah. So for, for me, it wasn't until I was in college that I actually then chose to come out to people. Um, I would say the most meaningful one is that I had a, um, so I, I was uh, fortunate enough to, to attend a uh, Christian college for the last uh, three and a half years of my uh, college life. And I was taking a uh, New Testament course um, and it was an excellent class. And I just, um, I through, through that class gained um, so much respect and and admiration for a particular professor. And, um, and so after that uh, class was over with, I, um, I think I should just sent him an, an email of like, Hey, um, basically like, I think you're really great. Um, would you be interested in possibly mentoring me? Um, and he said, yes. And on the first day that we met, I then, uh, came out. Um, we, um, it, he was, uh, incredibly kind and, um, supportive and encouraging. And then we ended up meeting regularly, I think, um, at, at first, I think it was every week and then more every other week we met for the next probably two years. Um, it was one of the most, um, uh, 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 pivotal parts of my story as, as a big uh, topic of our meetings was like, Hey, what does it look, look like to, um, to be a Christian and experience um, same sex attraction. Um, so that was, that was huge. Um, and, the, and then also I, I probably ended up coming out to maybe four or five other people, um, some uh, teachers, some uh, peers and, at that point, I honestly thought that 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 would be it. I thought like, okay, I've told, you know, five, like this is good for the rest of my life. So if if you would have asked me then, if like in the future, I would be recording on a podcast talking about coming out to possibly hundreds of people, um, I would have said, no way, <laughs> that's never going to happen. Um, and so- Hundreds, no, millions. Millions of people. Yes, millions of people listening to this exact episode, um, I would have thought, no, that's not, that's not ever going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, so it was, it was for sure when I first joined the Yob community and wrote my first, uh, uh, post that was my, uh, big, uh, public, uh, coming out, which, um, at this point, like I don't, um, I haven't 
really posted anything about my story, I guess, in like on every media that I'm a part of. But as um, you mentioned, Tom, like you can easily uh, Google my name and this this will be one of the first hits. And so if anyone wants to right. to uh, find out, it would be super easy. But um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah. And anytime we add new bloggers to the website, that's a conversation. That's a very like delicate, but necessary conversation I have with everyone is like, okay, what name do you want to go by? Because we have some guys on our site who are blogging anonymously with pseudonyms and that's, that's where they at, they're at in their story. Um, we have other guys blogging under their first names, but not their last names. And, and that's again, just for, for Google ability to, to kind of maintain some sense of anonymity. So some maybe being more selectively out, um, and then you have like all three of us who are who are putting all of our names out there. And um, and I guess when I when I talked to you and I had that conversation with you, Jacob, and I guess with you too, Ryan, it was it was like you guys seemed ready to to take that step and uh, to put your name out there. So I appreciate y'all doing that because um, again, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Everyone's on their own unique journey, and for various reasons, are out or not out. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's cool that Yob has intersected some of your own some of your own coming out journey. That's really that's really mm-hmm. affirming to hear. Yeah, for me, um, a few months after that winter conference experience, well, so the few months after that, I was sort of processing it internally and uh, looking at a few different resources online. And eventually I realized that I needed to talk to somebody else about it. Um, My thinking was that um, you can only be loved to the extent that you're known. And so if this part of me is not known, then, uh, then I can't be fully loved by my friends. And so I talked to uh, my dear friend, Micah, um, who I had just met this that, that year, and, uh, and God bless him. <laughs> he, he, uh, he listened and, um, and didn't pretend to know what to say, and, um, and he's been a very good friend ever since. Um, and then after that was kind of a prolonged season of identity management and just um, like carefully filtering all the information that people knew about me so that like no one could form a complete picture about me unless I wanted them to, like unless I actually came out to them. I remember kind of like having having two lists of people in my head there's the list of people who who I'm out to and who know who know about my sexual orientation and then the list of people who um who I kind of wanted to come out to and then mm-hmm. and then everyone else was sort of on either list and I was carefully managing and planning who's going to be on what list and at what in what time frame um and eventually I just realized I was really tired of that that um, I was spending a lot of emotional energy, um, a lot of relational energy in managing all of that. Um, and, you know, it, w- it was even to the point where, like, I would have to consider, okay, this person is in this circle of friends. And so I can't also, like, give this other information to somebody also in that circle of friends because they might put their heads together and figure out that I'm attracted to men. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I felt like, I felt like a CIA agent who was just like, you know, um, keeping all the secrets straight. 
uh, and also keeping all of the trails to the secrets straight. Uh, so eventually I decided, you know, um, like I'm, I'm tired of this. Uh, I, and also I wanted to be more, uh, be more active in ministry, um, in the midst of my sexuality. Um, and, and so at that point I decided to come out publicly. I did that in a blog post and I tweeted out the link to the post and a friend of mine posted it on Facebook, um, cause I wasn't on Facebook at the time. Um, and so that's how I think a lot of, a lot of my acquaintances and sort of my extended social network found out about mm-hmm. it. Um, what I learned was that uh, coming out is not the same thing as being known. Um, you know, I, I tweeted out a link to this blog post that I wrote, and then I had no way of knowing who read it and what they thought. Um, you know, so so I did not feel that immediate relief of, oh, now everyone knows. Actually, that's not true. Like, <laughs> A few people might have clicked the link and read it, but uh, but you don't know. And and like and, and so what I what I've learned is that coming out is uh, there's like the discrete event of coming out, um, and then there's kind of the lifelong journey of living authentically, that um, is an ongoing process, and it's something that you kind of have to continually work at. Yeah. For sure coming out, not the same as being known. That is a good distinction to make. Cause I can imagine that so many people know about my sexuality, but they don't like really know it. They probably, they skim some posts or see some pictures or, um, mm-hmm. or like see some episode titles of podcasts and, and be like, okay, Tom has gay thoughts, but that's, that's the extent of all I know. I'm not going to like go down that rabbit hole and see what, what those gay thoughts are or what, how that translates to the rest of his life, or certainly how that mixes with his Christianity and how he follows Jesus. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's a huge distinction there between writing a long post, not to denigrate writing out long posts. And cause I think those can be really cool and really, um, beneficial to kind of get a conversation going, but, um, but not necessarily the be all end all. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I like, I totally resonate with like not wanting to keep track of all the tunnels and all the trails and all the who knows mm-hmm. what and who knows who, and can they tell mm-hmm. this person? And, um, and especially for me taking that a step further as, as a writer, like from, uh, I started my first blog or my first public blog in 2011. And so then I wrote my, my book in 2013. So there was a two year journey where I was starting to get my feet wet by blogging about some, some nitty gritty things that was kind of, for lack of a better term, becoming my brand. It was becoming vulnerable and, and trying to show authenticity, um, from a masculine perspective. Cause I, I was inspired, was really inspired by a guy. He's not gay, but but he was a, a straight man who was talking about his pornography addiction and talking about a lot of vulnerable things. And and it really inspired me to be like, maybe I could do that too, because I had never seen that. I had never seen men just talking about the stuff they struggle with, especially the sexual stuff they struggle with. So so it's kind of this two-year journey of writing about a lot of vulnerable things like loneliness and being an introvert and social anxiety and um, and all sorts of other things. But there was always this one part of myself that I was holding back. And, mm-hmm. and it just kind of like, you know, call it the Holy Spirit. I mean, I believe it was the Holy Spirit. Call it the Holy Spirit. Call it just like my me me looking down the road and trying to figure out a career path and trying to figure out where is my life going as a writer, as someone who wants to write books and wants to tell more stories. Like I kind of saw this inevitable trailhead where I would need to eventually come out and I would need to eventually tell that story. And so 
so again, long journey. It didn't just happen overnight. A lot of prayer, a lot of um, anticipation, both positive and negative, and a lot of nervous jitters. But um, but ultimately, I'm glad I did. It's not something I've ever regretted. I, there's never like been a red button, a red button that I would push to erase that decision. But but there have been some some days where I'm like, you know what? It would be kind of nice to have the privacy. I kind of miss the the um, just like whose whose business is it to to know who I'm attracted to? Like, mm. why does someone need to know I have gay thoughts or that I've watched mm. gay pornography? Or like, why did why do people need to know that? But um, it comes with the territory because like there's the vulnerability hangover that Brene Brown talks about, where it's like, oh, do I, did I really just say that out loud and people heard it? And now mm. can I can I take that back? No, I can't. Um, but ultimately, that's produced so many conversations, both with people I know and love, and then also complete strangers from the internet. I'm so grateful for all the strangers out there listening. Um, feel free to make yourself less strange, as I referenced earlier in the episode. Um, I love getting emails from people because um, so many people have come out to me over the years through email. And, and I love I love that whatever element of me sharing my story has given people the courage to share theirs. And I'm sure Ryan and Jacob, you can relate with that too. It's like really awesome that authenticity begets authenticity and, and hopefully... Um, yeah, just making it less uh, less of a stigma for men to talk about their struggles, not just not just homosexual homosexuality, but just all across the board, all the like dark places, um, whether it's with sexuality, whether it's with mental health, whether it's with social anxiety, whatever whatever the um, kind of the dark shadowy thing is that you can't talk about with people. I hope I hope the coming out conversation is a is an inspiration for people in the church to to talk about other things too. So Tom, you mentioned that experience of vulnerability hangover. Um, and so I'm just wondering you guys, what do you do when that vulnerability, when you have that vulnerability hangover, but then the vulnerability doesn't feel like it pays off in the end. Like you kind of like put yourself out there and it's not necessarily that you're received badly, but you just like, you don't wind up seeing the payoff, I guess, uh, mm. where you feel kind of, um, yeah, exposed, but you just don't, you're like, gosh, even like weeks later, I'm like, why did I do that? And I'm asking because I had that experience over the summer and I still, to this day, I'm like, I'm not sure I regret, uh, what I said, but also like, I just don't, feel good about it yet. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're hungover for weeks and months. And if not, years. yeah, it's like, when does this, how much water do I need to drink to make this hangover go away? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's, um, those are the moments where it's like, you know, I know I, I definitely don't want to paint the picture that like coming out or, or just being vulnerable in general is like always this amazing, there's a, there's amazing payoff at the end. Like the weights are lifted, the light shines and praise the Lord more freedom. Like that's a huge part of the story for me personally, but, but yeah, there've been plenty of times relationally too, where, um, I mean, that's definitely worth another conversation. It's like you come out to somebody or, or whatever you tell them something vulnerable on your heart. And then maybe you expect more of a follow-up. That's something I've always struggled with is like, do I just keep bringing it up or do I want them to keep bringing it up? Cause I don't want this thing to be the dominant thing in our relationship, but I want somebody to bring it up again. I don't want it to just disappear into the void but I don't want to talk mm-hmm. about it every day for the rest of our lives either. So it's like, where is that sweet spot middle ground? Because that's, I've definitely been left lingering kind of on, um, yeah, just like a little stone in the middle of the pond. Like, oh, okay, now what? <laughs> where, where does this go from? Yeah. So I, I sort of left unread. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, yeah, left unread. Yeah, I, I yeah. totally get that. 
I have no answers, but I just want to say, yes, I feel that too. <laughs> I think, and that, that reminds me of something that I kind of try to tell people who have recently come out and advice that I would give to myself if I were to go back in time is to make sure you voice that desire to have follow-up conversations. Because mm-hmm. I think that um, the people you come out to often won't won't really know how to bring it up again in the future on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not going to want to go through the whole ordeal of like mustering up the courage to say something again. Like it gets easier the next time, but it's still not easy. And so I think if I could go back and do it over again, I would kind of tack on to the end of each of those conversations, a little, a little, a little follow-up concluding conversation of, Hey, and I want to keep talking about this to you. I don't want it to be like, I don't want it to consume our relationship. Like I don't want our relationship to now revolve around this. Like I don't want to talk about it all, all the time. I can't talk about it all the time, but like maybe in two weeks, can you just ask me, Hey, how are you doing with this? Um, and like, can that just be the expectation going forward for now? Like just that we're going to touch base every two weeks about it and let them know that that's something you're hoping for from them and something you're welcoming from them. Because otherwise you're kind of setting yourself up to just have this conversation and then nothing really changes and then you're disappointed and maybe you have that vulnerability hangover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great recommendation. Cause I, I'm definitely an, um, an other person blamer. Like if someone doesn't bring up something enough or if they bring it up too much, I tend to like maybe fault them for it. But, um, but that's where, that's where people in our position, like we kind of have to take some ownership too. Like we're not victims. We have our own stories to lead to. And we can say, tell people like, Hey, yeah, check in on me. I would really appreciate that if you would do that. Cause if you don't voice that, how are they going to know? How can they just, they can't read your mm-hmm. mind. They can't know what's in your heart. So, um, so I think that's really practical advice that if you put, um, on an ultimatum, that's not the right word, but kind of put like some, some clarifications, uh, to the conversation at the end or, or something like we have some ownership over our stories too. We don't, we can't just expect other people to meet mm-hmm. our needs on a daily basis and never voice what we're feeling inside. So, so that's really good. Yeah. Cause I, I don't think anyone really comes out because they love the status quo. Right. Um, and so having kind of some ideas about what, what do I want to change about the status quo in this conversation and being able to sort of address those explicitly, uh, can be really helpful. Yeah. And I think, I think also to, to recognize the, the need to show people grace that you're coming out to that, like, while you have probably spent a lot of time thinking about things and reading books and like doing, doing all of that work, they probably haven't. And there's going to be a lot that they will have to learn from you. And that's not going to happen in just one conversation. And so I think to, to, to show uh, patience and, and to show understanding that for some people, like they've just, they've never had to think about it. And so it's going to take, it's going to take time for, um, for them to learn what, what all this, what all of this means. Yeah. Uh, any other uh, advice for coming out to uh, someone who might be listening to this and thinking about coming out for the very first time? Uh, what would you tell them that we haven't covered yet? Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the written word, obviously. it's I'm making a living on it and I love it so much. Um, I've gotten this advice all the time. Like, 
I get it fairly frequently. And, and there have even been members in our community who can vouch for it that uh, they followed it. And I think it turned out well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I think writing it down for yourself is a great first start. Like, again, for me, I had never written mm-hmm. out the word homosexuality in my life um, mm. until that one night when I was 19. Um, and a huge part of my story, which again is in that YouTube video that I referenced earlier that I did, um, is that I handed my journal to my parents. That's that's a huge part of my, my journey um, coming to, to grips with my sexuality is that I wrote out my coming out journal entry basically and and included my parents in it. and. Um, it wasn't necessarily a letter to them, although that's, that's kind of how I, I treated it at the time. But, um, but yeah, I've told people like, if you can't, if you physically, like sometimes if you physically cannot tell somebody, be it your parents or whoever, write a letter. And if nothing else, write it out as if you were going to give it to them. And maybe you don't, maybe you literally burn it in a fire after you're done writing it, but, but write it out and then mm. see what happens. Like maybe, maybe you're like, wow, that felt good. Or that wasn't as gruesome or awful as I thought it was. And, um, and now I'm going to hand it over. Maybe that doesn't mean there's no fear involved. Like maybe there's still a bunch of fear, but maybe it just feels a little more possible because you took, you took that initiative to just write the thing instead of letting it be this anxious, like, do I do it or do I not do it in my head? Like, I definitely recommend writing it out regardless of who you're coming out to, certainly starting with yourself, but, but whether it's your parents, your best friend, whoever, like write it out and then pray about it and see now that you have it in your hands, something tangible, maybe that's something you just hand over then. And and if that's, if that's, what's right for you, for you and for your story. So, mm-hmm. so that's always my, my go-to recommendation. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's excellent. I think that for sure, when you are beginning to do, to enter into this process for the first time, uh, choosing the right people, choosing uh, safe people is, is everything. I think um, people that, 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 you know, are, um, quick to listen that that mm. that you know that you can uh trust who are compassionate who you see fruit you see the work of the holy spirit in 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 their lives in their words in their actions um someone that 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 you know um is going to love you no matter what. And of course it's always like, it's, there's always some kind of risk. Like you, you, you can never be 100% sure how anyone is is actually going to, to, um, to react. But as uh, Tom said, like I encourage you to have it be something that you um, ponder with a lot of prayer and you just ask, um, ask the Lord to bring people and to, um, yeah, to help. Cause I, I 100, 100% uh, believe that, that he will. Yeah. Like quick to listen and slow and careful to come to conclusions. Yeah. It's like such a valuable combination. I think for me, the only other thing I throw out there is that um, it's always going to be biting the bullet. Like there's never going to be a perfect time. There's always going to be excuses in your head for why this conversation shouldn't happen right now, or it's not convenient, or it's not a good time, or it's going to be awkward. Um, And there's a reason for that. And that's because um, like you've, you've built up these relationships where the norm is that your sexuality doesn't take up space and to suddenly Mm -hmm. like, create carve out new space uh for your sexuality for this hidden part of you um it's always going to feel obtrusive it's always going to feel like you're rocking the boat and so 
you just have to, you just have to go for it. I recently heard a quote that went along the lines of this. You can be impressive or you can be known. I've spent so much of my life striving for the former, even after coming out to the world. For these last seven years, people have known the basics. I follow Jesus and I'm attracted to men, at times hopelessly attracted to them. But there are always layers of coming out, layers upon deeper layers of vulnerability. And even though I got the big one out of the way, oh, the depths of my depravity, the depths of my humanness, and how tempting it is to pretend to a watching world that my humanity isn't there, to cover it up, to build upon my successes and my growth instead. Yes, the successes and the growth are real, but so is the darkness. I thought coming out once and for all would be the be-all end-all, the final bend in my journey with vulnerability, the fulfillment of finally being known. Turns out I've been learning the concept of knownness ever since that fateful day seven years ago. And I reckon I'll continue learning it until the day I die. I love reading and rereading through the Gospels because if you're looking for it, the thing you keep seeing again and again is Jesus seeking people out, resting them from the shadows and the unseen places and seeing them, actually deeply seeing them. The story of Zacchaeus is one that resonates he was an impressive man with his finances and his vocational stature, but no doubt was as desperately alone as his physical stature. And Jesus, being Jesus, seeks him out. Luke 19 reads as follows. He, Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him, Jesus, joyfully. And so my brothers, you who are out and you who are not, you who selectively share this intricate piece of yourself with others and you who feel terrified, even paralyzed, to take a single step beyond this cold but comfortable closet, above all others, you are known and loved by the God who created you and our God was not surprised to see how your sexuality unfolded from birth to today. May we gain the courage to confess and share our vulnerabilities with him. And may God grant us the right people with whom to share our burdens too. Ours with them 
theirs with us. Struggles with sexuality and all the others that cut even deeper. Our fear, our shame, our loneliness, our self-worth. May we ever remember we are never unseen or unloved by the God who sent his son to die for us. The God who knows us, knows us from the closet to the very end of the vast horizon. Cool. So now we are all officially out. What a productive podcast. We did it, you guys. We did it. We have found the way out. The way out. (laughs) Uh, The way out. Thank you to our sponsor, Uh, Way Out Signs. I... I'm not gonna okay, I'm not gonna be disappointed, you guys, if if nobody out there sends me a way out sign, particularly if you live in the United Kingdom. But um, but I'm just gonna say that. I'm not gonna be disappointed. Dot dot dot. Um if someone sent you one, Tom, <laughs> would you put it in your closet? Like above the, the door? Above Maybe. The I mean, closet? I have so many y'all have both been to my place. I have so many closets where I live. I'm like yeah. closeted to the max. I have like seven closets. So there is no shortage of closets that I can put this <laughs> sign over. So um, so if you live in the UK or have easy access to a way out sign, please, my apartment would love to have it. Um, but in all seriousness, you guys, Ryan, Jacob, thank you for coming on, sharing your stories. Um, like I said, it's our bread and butter. It's kind of a bread and butter topic, but it's so relatable for our community because it's such a starting point. The starting point for a lot mm-hmm. of people is how do I even just talk about this? Who who do I talk about this with? Starting with myself. So, um, and from that, obviously we talk about a host of other things that come with it, but, but for many people, yeah, this is, this is a great, great starting point. So, um, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to share your coming out story, please, please do go to yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast, find the episode 68 post on coming out and um, tell us a story. Tell us who you've come out to, or maybe some of your awkward or, or more memorable um, coming out stories one way or the other. Um, or if you're still not out or if you're selectively out, tell us, tell us why, or tell us what's going on um, about where you are in your journey. We would love to kind of see, cause we have such a diverse spectrum of where people are on this journey from anonymity, complete anonymity to completely out. So, um, so you are definitely not alone wherever you are on that spectrum. Um, and as we referenced earlier, if you want to call us as well and tell us a coming out story over the phone, you can do that as well by calling the Yab line at 706-389-8009. Um, yeah. And I, I was telling the boys as we talked today, I feel like this is a great topic to start to get a little more niche now that we've just covered coming out, which is a huge deal, a huge topic. We, you know, crammed a lot into a short amount of time. Um, I think in the future, it would be cool to like have a coming out to parents conversation or coming out to my best friend conversation or coming out to my brother conversation. We sort of already did that with, uh, with Jacob and Nate, but, um, but yeah, we have all kinds of, uh, niche categories for the married folks. Like a lot of guys in our community have come out, had to come out to their wives, mm. um, after marrying mm. them. So, um, so I'd like to think that, yeah, in the future we can have more conversations like these. Cause again, these are so, um, so relatable across the board. So, so look, look for those maybe in the near future. We'll see. As for today though, that's going to do it for this episode of your other brother's podcast. Happy LGBT history month, happy national coming out day. Um, I hope this was a great conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, for all your other brothers, my name is Tom. This is Ryan. This is Jacob. Reminding you that you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds a home. See you next time, everybody. So long, dear friends. This is the way out (laughs) of the podcast. Here we go. Thanks for listening to your other brother's podcast. 
Our show is edited and produced by Thomas Mark Zuniga. Theme music is Fear Is Not My Lover by Nathan Rousseau. We'd love to hear your story. Comment on this or any of our episodes at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast or share a story to play back on our show by calling us at 706-389-8009. You can also email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com or write to us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. If you enjoy our show, consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Your Other Bros. Finally, if you'd like to further support our storytelling, community-building efforts, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly on Patreon and receive perks, like bonus podcast content, access to a secret Facebook group, regular group calls with fellow patrons and authors, and more. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.